Welcome to Combos Court. Welcome to Combos Court. Welcome to Combos Court Podcast. We're here, man. Combo Nation. What up? What up? What up, everyone? Welcome to episode 278 of Combos Court. And I am Combo. Don't forget to rate, review, punch down on that subscribe button. Today's show is a collaboration with The Eric Sanchez Show and Real Fans Real Talk. Always great talking basketball with Eric Sanchez and Anthony Jones. On this episode, man, I predict the top 10. So on this episode, man, I just wanted to leave you with a few notes. I predicted on this episode what the GMs would do. Not exactly what I would do, but what I think the GMs would do in the 2021 NBA Draft. Uh, you guys all know that I would go Scotty Barnes with number two, but that's beside the point. I predicted that Evan Mobley would be the pick for the Houston Rockets. And everything I'm hearing now is that it'll be Jalen Green. So keep that in mind. Also, when we recorded this, we didn't know that the Memphis Grizzlies would have the number 10 pick. So keep that in mind as well. All that could shake things up here, but uh, just a great conversation. It'll be great for you guys to hear my insights on the 2021 NBA draft and more. We talk about the NBA draft. We talk about the finals and Giannis' performance. We also talk about the Lakers, man, and more. And yeah, man, here it is. Segments of the show that I recorded with Eric Sanchez and Anthony Jones for Real Fans Real Talk and The Eric Sanchez Show. Without further ado, let's get into it. Yo, this is Teresa Weatherspoon, better known as Teaspoon, and you're watching Real Fans Real Talk. What's really good and welcome back to another collaboration episode of the Sanchez Show along with Real Fans Real Talk. As always, I'm your host, Eric Sanchez, with my main man, Anthony Jones, a.k.a. Trip Young. Trip, how you doing today? I'm good, man. I'm, I'm glad we got we got the good brother Combo back on the show, man. It's been, been too long. Yeah, I was about to I was about to introduce Combo there because I want to let everybody know, obviously, the finals have wrapped up, so now we're transitioning to some draft talk. So who better to have on the show than Andrew Salop, host of Combo's Court? Combo, I, I got to give you your praise, man, because we did the same episode last year, and you were right on point. You you were very high on Halliburton, on Anthony Edwards. Both those guys shine this year. Um, so we want to get your, your thoughts and opinions on some of the guys coming out in next week's draft. But before we do, we got to wrap up with the NBA Finals. Um, the rallying cry, Bucks and Six. Giannis officially has done it. He's gotten a monkey off his back. We all wondered if he could be the guy to lead a team to a championship so, Combo, I want to start with you. At what point do you think it really clicked for him where he became this dominant force that we saw in the finals? Well, first and foremost, thanks so much for having me back on the show. It's always talking great. Ba- it's always great talking basketball with you guys. Um, with Giannis, what a guy, right? What a guy. Like, he's just so likable, you know? And you guys know I've been critical of him in the past. But when your game changes, opinions change. And he just got a lot better in a lot of different ways. In my opinion, what impressed me the most is the way he passed the basketball. Um, Just connecting his team with passes, with the right pass at the right time, making the right decision. Not even the assists. I think he only had two assists in the last game or something like that. But it's just those passes over time just connect the basketball team. And I think that's what really has been different. Just his vision, his feel has improved. And that's one of the hardest things to improve on the basketball court. So it's been incredible. And just all his sound bites, like he just, it's just, 
I don't know. What a guy. That's all I could say. What a guy, you know? <laughs> That's all I could say about him, man. What a guy. 50-piece chicken nuggets. I mean, uh, from uh, Chick-fil-A. What, uh, chicken strips. Whatever he got. What a guy, man. <laughs> no, that's, that's 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 definitely a fact because I like just within the past two days, I found a whole new liking for Giannis. Like I, I rock with his personality so much. Like I'm really happy for him that he was able to to lead his team, uh, the way he did. You know, this is definitely one of the most dominating superstar performances um, that 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 we've seen. It's definitely definitely ranks high up there, especially the closeout game with with, with the fifty piece. You gotta love that. Um, congratulations! I, I know. I, I gotta say. I gotta say. Congrats to PJ Tucker because I know we've been holding on PJ Tucker, but you know what I'm saying with with, with good reason. But I just still want to say congratulations. Listen, man. Anytime you get over the hump and you get that championship ring, he was a starter. He earned it. He deserved it. Um, you know, wasn't the obviously he's not he's not the the offensive guy, but. Every other statistical category, he was filling in, you know, the the, the numbers. So I got to shout out PJ PJ Tucker and um, the rest of those guys, man. Congratulations to the Bucks. Yeah, I mean, I I don't want to say I don't think we were overly critical. I just think that our critique was on point for where they were at as a team. Yeah. Um, because even myself, I had to look back at some of the text threads I was in, and I I thought Milwaukee. I don't know if it was just maybe getting past Brooklyn that it kind of was a relief. But they just seemed so much more free flowing offensively when they got to Atlanta um, and combo. I mean, you know, I don't think you were far off in, in any of the things you said, because you were always very high on Chris Middleton. And for as great as Giannis was in these last four games, Chris Middleton was the closer on that team. Chris Middleton was the guy who was initiating offense and taking the big shots. And even with the 50 piece in game six, Middleton's uh, jumper mid range game, the, the shot he hit late in that in that game is what iced it for them. So. You know, I don't think you were far off. I don't think any of us were far off. I, I was critical of Coach Bud. I thought he made some adjustments in this series. They found ways to slow down Chris Paul. Um, do I mean, do we think this is the beginning of something special there in Milwaukee? Because they, they've got this core locked up for the next few years. Are they now a contender that we're going to look at? And you shaking your head. I'm not saying a dynasty. I'm not going to go that far and say a dynasty. But do we now look at them differently? Because once you win a championship and that monkey's off your back, you play with a different ease in the playoffs. I think we saw the same thing from Toronto last year when they finally got over the hump. Kyle Lowry looked like a different player as a champion. You do, but um, I don't. I don't anticipate uh, Kyrie and Harden both being hurt in the playoff series uh, again next year. I think that's going to make things a little bit tougher. Um, you know, even going on the other side of that, you know, the, with the Suns, I don't anticipate in Anthony Davis, Jamal Murray, Kawhi Leonard. All being being injured, I think I think we're gonna see uh, two different teams completely uh, in the finals next year. And that's not to take away from Milwaukee, you know. And, and you know, you're right. Once you get the monkey off your back, it's a little it's a little bit easier. But you know, there's a lot of teams that are going to get a, a lot better just because of guys returning off of injury, including Golden State, who who should have Clay back. Uh, this this uh, coming season as well. So I don't know about them getting back. I, I do feel like, though, this was the best thing that could have ever happened to the Milwaukee Bucks because I don't think they ever have to worry about Giannis leaving now that they've won the championship, even though I, I think it, if they do get another one while Giannis is there, I don't think it's going to be anytime soon. Yeah, you guys mentioned P.J. Tucker. Kudos to P.J. Tucker because he spent some time overseas where he played really well over there, but totally redefined his game and found a role in the NBA and now is a champion. So kudos to P.J. Tucker. 
Chris Paul's already said he's opting out. Um, he's, he's exercising his player option, I should say. Uh, we don't know if Kawhi's going to do the same, and then there's rumors of, of Dame possibly requesting a trade. I think there's a lot of validity to it because Chris Haynes, who's close to that locker room and that organization, has, has been the one to report that. Combo, what changes do you see happening with any of these players? Is Chris Paul staying in Phoenix? Is he going to hit the road and try to find another situation? Um, does Kawhi potentially leave the Clippers? And does Dame ultimately leave him where he may land? I think the Lakers are an interesting destination for Chris Paul. You know, <laughs> link up link up with his guy, LeBron. You know, those two are close. And I think he makes sense in terms of fit. Like, I was hearing the Westbrook or Chris Paul thing today, and um, I think Chris Paul is just a better fit there with those two guys, you know, just – with AD and LeBron and Chris Paul is just a better shooter than Westbrook, even though Westbrook is younger right now and more athletic, but I kind of like the fit of those three. And um, you put some three and D wings around those three, man, you're, you're, you're a legit title contender. And LeBron and Chris Paul have the same kind of effect on the team. You know, they just uplift the whole franchise. Like that's one thing that you can't really put a number on. There's no metric for it. They just uplift the locker room. They make everybody around them better. And they make the team better. So with two of those guys on the same team, man, they're obviously uh, legit contenders. And I would like to see – I'd like to see Chris Paul land there. And I'd really like to see him win a championship, you know. Uh, with Melo got to go too, though. If Chris Paul oh, Mello go, Melo got to go, gotta go, gotta go yeah, I mean, but we've been hearing this rumor for like five years now. <laughs> I'm just saying, if Chris Paul does go, Melo got to go too. And then, and then, and then Wade got to come out of retirement for a year. I think, I think Melo could help that team in spots. I think he could, yep. Yeah, but I mean, we, we've been hearing this rumor for years. And honestly, I don't know if Braun really wants to play with them guys. And that's no knock on Braun, right? Like Braun may feel like I'm I'm good. I'd rather have a different core guys around me. But Chris Paul could have gone. He could have forced his way there last year. And he chose honestly, Phoenix. I, it sounds crazy. I think LeBron might have to make more adjustments than Chris Paul would because LeBron is so much more versatile. So he maybe he would have to play a little bit more of a four type role or, you know, off the ball type role because – Chris Paul is just off the ball is just not the same. You know, like you want Chris Paul with the basketball. So obviously in spots LeBron LeBron will still be initiating all, obviously in spots LeBron will still be initiating offense because he's so great at it. Um but yeah, LeBron would have to make some adjustments, but I think he's smart enough to get it done. Now does Chris Paul or take the mid level? Not even smart enough. He's he's probably the smartest player in the NBA, you know. Does he take the mid level though to go to LA? Because he can he he sign whatever deal he wants. Now, if you Chris Paul, would you take that kind of a pay cut to go to L.A. and, and get a ring? I mean, I, I think I, I definitely think they're in play. I, his, I believe his family still lives out there in L.A. That's why he wanted Phoenix to stay as close as home as possible. So it could be. Um, I mean, would that be a sign of him basically saying, look, I, I know I can't do it on my own, so I've got to go get with Braun now? Well, I mean, he had his best chances he was going to get to be right. Like, you know what I'm saying? But like, that's God. but that's us as that's us as outsiders looking at that, right? Him personally is is his pride going to say, "All right, I now that I've been to the finals and I I wasn't able to finish this this thing off, now I'm going to go play with Braun." He may still feel in his heart that I got enough game to still be one of the, the main contributors on the team, and I don't have to go with Braun to win. Well, he'd still be a main contributor even if he went to 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 LA. But I think it's with with Chris Paul. I, well, at least I would hope you would be looking at it from the standpoint of, all right, guys are coming back next season from injuries. It's not like we were very fortunate to get to the finals this year just because literally every series we played, somebody was missing a, a star player. 
it, if I go back to Phoenix, let's just say it's going to be a lot tougher than it was this year to to get back to an NBA final. So if I'm Chris Paul, I'm kind of I'm thinking, all right, where can I go and and, and get a championship ring? Because I want one before I retire. I, I think the best place is going to be if he goes to L.A. Let me ask you guys a question. Who would be the best fit for the Lakers? Russell Westbrook, Chris Paul, or Bradley Beal? Bradley Beal. Uh, I say I'll say CP3. I think I think you would be doing a disservice to Bradley Beal because you're going to force him to just be a, a corner shooter with that team. Um, so I think with, with no, Chris, no. I think I think he would take like Schroeder's role, but obviously do it at a a way higher level because he's a, he's a, just a higher level player than Schroeder. You know, Schroeder got some time to had some uh, opportunity to create. You know. I think I think Schroeder struggled with that role because it, it was spotty situations of where he got to to handle the ball. Like you said, Schroeder got to create and initiate offense when Braun wasn't on the floor. When Braun was on the floor, it was more about the ball being in Braun's hands and Schroeder being a spacer. And it, again, there's nothing wrong with that because Braun is the ultimate playmaker, right? He he takes advantage of things. Like you said, he he's so smart. He can pick apart a defense before he comes across half court. And so, of course, you want it in his hands. You're not going to put Braun in the corner or say, Braun, go post up. I'm going to put it in your hands. And I think the same thing would happen with Bradley Bill. He would have limited spots to do those type of things. He, he's too skilled, I think, to, to take that type of role right now in his career. CP3, to me, seems like a better fit out of the three. Yeah, I mean, I like the CP3 fit, as I said. Uh, and to everybody listening, we're not comparing Schroeder and Bradley Bill as players. <laughs> you know I mean, what? Bradley Bill is a That would just be crazy. That would just be crazy to Yeah, him, yeah. Right? <laughs> it, it, yeah, it's, it's no comparison there. Um Schroeder's good. I like Schroeder, actually. Yeah. I think Schroeder's a solid player. I think this, the yeah, situation yeah. was tough for him, though. You know, when watching him play this year, he just seemed disconnected from the team. He just needs a change of scenery. You know, he just needs a change of scenery. I think the biggest issue that hurt the Lakers this year were the injuries early in the season. They never got an opportunity to gel. That was one of the things. I well, always... Also, AD didn't seem to come in shape. I think AD <laughs> wasn't in shape. I think they had injuries early on, and then – it was this constant um, situation for, for Frank Vogel where you're trying to find rotations that work with guys that haven't had the opportunity to play together yeah. because we knew in a condensed season, you weren't going to get the practices. And now let's not forget, you're trying to integrate Schroeder, Montrez, but your two stars have been out so long. Then you try to add drum into that mix. You're trying to find lineups that work by the time the playoffs came. I don't think they really had any type of momentum moving forward because they didn't just get an opportunity to play together. Yeah. I wish they had, they, they were, they were healthy when they got Drummond because I think that that under Drummond would have worked out so much better if everyone was there when he came and they were kind of they were able to acclimate themselves uh, together. I think that that would have worked out so much better for them. Um, what do you guys think about Westbrook though? Because there's a huge possibility that Westbrook may be the guy that winds up in LA. I mean, I don't like the fit as much as CP3, but if it's Westbrook or you know and you don't have too many other options to bring in your third star, you know, you go Westbrook. I, I think you'd like to put more shooting when it, when you're building around AD and LeBron, you know, more shooting around them. So, but you know, maybe even Westbrook could kind of play that small ball four type role sometimes with AD. Who knows, man, the way the NBA is today, yeah. who knows what you could do with Westbrook if he wants to adjust. And obviously he can initiate offense with the best of them in transition. And uh, you, it just gives your team a different dynamic. So it's not, it wouldn't be the worst thing. I mean, Westbrook is an all-star level player. So you just would have to figure it out. Yeah. I, personally, I love Westbrook. I just don't like the fit with LA. Um, he's at his best with the ball in his hands. 
And, you know, the last two seasons where he's been paired with different all-stars, you could see it. He, he just doesn't give you the same when he's off the ball. He's not a great spot-up shooter. He's not really that big of a threat. Uh, in those situations when he doesn't have the ball and when he doesn't get that opportunity to, to just go full steam ahead at the defense and attack the defense. So it could work. I'm not saying it can't, but I would just be interested to see how they would how they would try to make it work, especially with their closing lineups, because as you mentioned, Combo, you want to have as many shooters around Braun and AD. That's what makes them really yeah. so effective yeah. when you can surround them with three other shooters. And Russ just doesn't present that same type of skill set. So Russ wants to win a championship, right? You would say. Of course. Uh, I would hope so. <laughs> so no, I think he, I, I so, think there's no so, doubt he wants to win one. The last two years, he, he couldn't play really well with another star, but that means he would have to be the best player on a championship team, and that doesn't really seem realistic at this point, right? Yeah, no, Correct. I, don't, I think he's going to be the best. Yeah. Player. And, and, and when I say so, – So I it's, say it's he, kind of a conundrum for him pretty much. Right. When I say he struggled with the other stars, it wasn't that he didn't want it to work. I think he wanted it to work. But his skill set is best when he has the ball, when he's in attack mode and he's creating, right? This past year, him and Bradley Beal right. put up some really gaudy numbers together when they were on the court. But ultimately, when you look, when you break down and you look like he's shooting less than 30% from three, he's not a great spot-up shooter. You got to live with the turnovers, right? Russ, Russ plays so hard. You got to live with those things. And those are things that I just don't think would translate well to the Lakers because Again, last six minutes of the game, the ball has to be in Braun's hands. We're trusting Braun to initiate offense. We're trusting Braun to get us in the set we want. And unless Russell Westbrook can show me that he can be a consistent 35% shooter from the corner, I just don't see how it works with him in a closing lineup with AD and Braun. So where would it work for Westbrook when it comes to championship contention? That, I mean, that's kind of what I'm saying. Like, Philly. It's tough for him to adjust playing with other stars. But at this point, he's not a guy that's going to be the initiator of all offense and win a championship as well. So he's unless, in a conundrum. Unless, yeah. unless you pair him with, uh, you know, another with, with a top eight talent and a bunch of shooting. And maybe Philly would be the fit because Embiid could pick and pop. You got you got Tobias, you got Seth Curry. I don't know what they're gonna do with Danny Green. Maybe they have enough shooting, but it, again, it would have to be a situation well, like that. It, it it's almost like the same thing with Ben because they're both scoring in the same area. Yeah, but, but well, Ben gonna be going at if, if Westbrook Russ, is there, I can't see um, Ben still being there as well. They probably would have to. I mean, they're out. they're occupying a lot of the same space. Like you know, Joel is occupying a lot of Westbrook's driving lanes. Yeah, but Russ is so much more assertive and willing to go to the free throw line. What we saw from Ben in the playoffs was a guy who who just got very timid in the moment. No, that was was not good. What he did in the playoffs was not good. And I'm a Ben supporter, and I think he'll come back strong. But what I'm saying is they are kind of scoring in the same spaces. I wouldn't be surprised if the Lakers did get Westbrook if it actually worked out, to be honest, just because I do really feel like, you know, Going and, and playing alongside of LeBron, I think that would actually be a, a huge boost for Russell Westbrook. Um, he'd also be home um, back in L.A. and I and I feel like he could. I think he could kind of take a, a bit of a of a back seat to assure him getting a championship ring. Um, and then again, he's somebody who, when LeBron goes to the bench, he can still keep the offense going. That's when that's when you can get into your so you want to be the, the Russell Westbrook? When LeBron goes to the bench, you good. Because I, I even think 
him and AD would be a nice one-two punch because of the way Westbrook goes to the basket. He finds those the bigs right there underneath the basket a lot. That's where he gets a lot of those assists. So I think that could actually even be a, a plus as well. If AD comes back in shape, a Giannis AD matchup would be great. You know that would be that would be a great matchup. But I don't think it's yeah. like I don't think it's a, a match because even if you got Giannis and AD, like you still got LeBron there. No, no, I'm just talking about like those two. Like that would just be interesting to yeah. see the yeah, athleticism. That would just be interesting. Yeah, yeah, yeah. The athleticism. I yeah. mean, again, like I said, I, I think it Russ could help in ways. But the way you're pointing out, and to me, my counter to that would be. That all sounds great. Yeah, Braun goes to the bench, and now Russ has his four to five minute stints where he's running the offense, whatever the case may be. But we know that come playoff time, you've got to be able to to um, initiate offense while having your best players on the floor. Yeah. So it can't just be when this guy goes off or this guy comes on because you're bringing on Russ and that salary to be the the third wheel. He needs to be a guy that can be on the floor those last six to eight minutes every night. You know what I'm saying? So I, that's that's where to me I, I wonder how it could work. Yeah, when Braun goes to the bench and 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 Russ is giving free reign for four to five minutes, yeah, it's going to look good. He's he's going to go up and down. He's going to get a lot of rebounds. He's going to get a lot of fast break points. But what happens in a playoff setting when it slows down and Braun is the one bringing the ball up the court? What happens when it slows down and, and now the defense isn't giving you the opportunity to just go up and down the court and get quick buckets? I think he can. Yeah, and also focus. I mean, and and AD is not you know he's like a. He's not a bad three-point shooter, but he's not lights out from three either. So you definitely, as as Eric already said, you just need plus shooting around those two guys. Well, that's when that's where you got to bring in an, another shooter or two. Because even if all right, so let's go back to to Miami, right? Wade is is never the best three-point shooter shooter either. Yeah, other skill sets that you know what I'm saying that that, that different we, league back then though. Right. Yeah. yeah. The, the the style of play was different then. But yeah. I I still think Westbrook can be can be effective. I mean, cause all right, cause I he I think I just think I think he can. I feel like he he can do it. Uh, obviously, you know what I'm saying it'd be a wait and see kind of a situation. But I just I just feel like he could. I feel like he could go to LA and be effective. Let, let's let's move on, man. We got we got we got a young core of guys who are all going to be finding a new home next week as the NBA draft. We're a week away from the draft combo. I gotta start with the number one pick because you have been high on Kate Cunningham for about two years, at least from what I've noticed, at least two years. Is he a lock at number one to Detroit? Yes. You didn't even have to think about it. No, you don't have to think about it. So, so are they even working out Evan Mobley at this point or cause I, I heard Kate already had his initial meeting and workout. They can work out whoever they want, but they're going to take Kate Cunningham. You'd be a damn fool to not take Kate Cunningham with the number one pick. In this year's draft, he's already on my team on on 2K right now. Here, here, here's why: even, he's the only GM if, in 2K history that trades everything for number one pick. <laughs> <laughs> here's here here's why: even if there are people in that organization that think they shouldn't take, they won't take that risk because if you don't take the obvious pick and something goes wrong, everybody loses their job. Yes. So they're gonna they're gonna take Kate Cunningham with the number one pick, and I think he deserves it anyway. What what makes what makes K so special? Because like I said, I, I've I've seen you for two years really highlight how skilled this kid is. You had even said last year, if he was in last year's draft, you thought he would be a top three or top yeah. four pick. Yeah, how does his game translate to the to the modern day NBA? Well, I think spacing is gonna do his game wonders. He really didn't play with other shooters at the you know, at the college level. In college, going from high school to college, there was one question about him. And it was his shooting. And he proved he could shoot. He proved he was a 
three-level scorer. Um, and he has that it factor. The game slows down around him. Uh, I don't think it's fair to compare him to Luka. I don't think it's fair to compare him to LeBron. But he has that effect where the whole game slows down around him, right? He never gets sped up. And I just think he has that it factor. And his floor is really high, you know? Even if he doesn't reach some crazy potential, I think he has the highest floor in the draft. And I think he's the safest number one pick out of everybody. And uh, I think it's a no-brainer in my opinion. Let me ask you this, though, Combo. Because I can I, I I think he's actually a pretty pretty good defender, but defensively, yeah. where do you rank him in in this draft? Well, there's some guys defensively defensively that are better than him. Um, his high school teammate Scotty Barnes is a better defender than him. He's going to be a guy who could reliably guard one through five. You know, we say that about everybody, but with Scotty Barnes, I think it's legit. Mm-hmm. So Scotty Barnes is a better defender than him. Um, who else may be? I mean, Evan Mobley has a chance to be a really good defender. And now as far as two know, way elite a, players though, does, does he does he yeah, have two, that like there's a chance that Evan Mobley is gonna be able to guard guards at the next level because his athleticism is so flu- fluid and the length that he has and the, the ability to slide and raise. So you could make that case for Evan Mobley and Scotty Barnes being a better defender than than Cade, but Cade's right up there, man. Cade could guard guards. He could slide his feet. He could get low. You know, he could pressure full court. He's going to be big enough to guard bigs. So, yeah, those three guys are probably three of the best defenders, and they're going to go – you know, I would have Scotty Barnes in the top five. He might go six, you know, um, with what the NBA decision makers do. But, yeah, those are probably the three best defenders yeah. off the top of my head. Because I actually right because they don't yeah, really talk about his Scotty defense. Soon. They they don't they don't they don't talk too much about his defense. And I I, I've, I thought he was a yeah, pretty good, a good defender. defender. Yeah, yeah, he's a good defender. He's he's gonna be an NBA ready defender. You know, definitely. Just offensively, definitely. he does so much. There's so much to to, to talk about. And I, I feel like people don't, don't talk enough about his defense. You're right. I think you're right. I think that's spot on. Yeah, I think people don't talk about his defense. I think he's good in so many things, and he doesn't have glaring weaknesses. And when you're the number one pick, they're gonna nitpick at you anyway. Like, we're not even looking for Evan Mobley weaknesses, but we're all looking, not me. I'm saying we as the media and yeah. the pundits and the fans, like everybody together, not really we in terms of me, but everybody is just nitpicking at at uh, Cade Cunningham because he's the number one pick, and nobody's looking for weaknesses with Evan Mobley because he's the number two pick, yeah. you know? And that's, that's the way it's going to go. That's how it is, so. though. You know the number one guy. Yeah, that is, that, yeah that's, that's how it is. That's how it is, you know. Yeah, and yeah. look, I, I don't, I don't, I don't think it's fair to compare him to LeBron or Luca. He won't. There's a good chance he'll never reach that level because he doesn't have the athleticism of LeBron. And you know, we all know Luca was a special talent. You know, a Euro League MVP at 19. So it's unfair to compare him to those guys. But I think he's definitely the number one pick in this draft. Yeah, we're gonna get into Scotty Barnes in a minute too because I know you're very high on him. Um, yes. In terms of Cade, and then we'll move on to some other prospects. Who would you? Who do you feel is a, a fair comparison? Whether it's someone currently in the league or in the past. Man, that's really tough because I think he's a big, you know, initiator that can handle the basketball. So you got to compare him. What about Scotty, he doesn't, and he does. Scotty Pippen, yeah. Um, Scotty Pippen was a way better athlete and even better defender. And Kate is going to be Kate is going to be a better shooter, a three level scorer. And yeah, I just think they're different. You know, Scotty was a better athlete, and Kate is going to be the better shooter. 
and, you know, the better scorer. And the NBA is just different now. They kind of value these guys higher than they ever did. So Scottie Pippen type players would have more of a role now than he did back then, even though obviously, I mean, his role was tremendous with the Bulls, but, you know, they're really building teams around this prototype with Cade Cunningham. So, yeah, Scotty better athlete, but Cade's a better shot maker. All right. At number two, Houston Rockets. You you recently have put up a a post of, of some scenarios where you thought who could go number two. I'm really high on Jalen Green. Do you okay, think me too? Do you do you think this is a possibility where Houston trades out of it? Is Evan Mobley more of a lock here? Because everything I've been reading and hearing is that it is these two guys, Cade and Evan at one and two, and then it's kind of a bit of a drop off. But again, I think very highly of Jalen Green. Where do you think Houston goes with number two? So let's make this clear because we're going with who I think these teams will pick, not with who I think they should pick, right? Correct. Who, who do you – no, no. Well, you tell me. Who, who would you take if you're Houston at number two? Well, who I would take is Scotty Barnes, but they're not going to take Scotty Barnes. They're going to take Evan Mobley, I think. And to your point about Jalen Green, I'm really high on Jalen Green. I think he might have the most upside. As much as I like Cade's floor – I really like Jalen Green's upside because of the, his athleticism, what he showed in the G League bubble against really good competition. He improved over time. He's probably the best athlete in this draft, and he proves to be a shot maker and a guy who can make adequate decisions. So I, I'm really high on Jalen Green, and he might have the most upside in this draft. He might have the most superstar potential, even though I think Kate has a great chance to be a superstar as well. And I know I said a lot right there. I would go with Scotty Barnes, but I think they're going to go with Evan Mobley. Because that was my next thing. Because so, Houston also has uh, Christian Wood. So you don't feel like that's gonna that would affect who they pick, whether they go Mobley or or, or or Green. Yeah, that's a great question because I think often you go with best available. But in this case, I'd like to move forward with Christian Wood, and I do think Scotty Barnes and Christian Wood is a better fit going forward. Um, but there's definitely a case that Evan Mobley or Jalen Green is the best available, better than Scotty Barnes. Yeah. But I would go forward with Christian Wood because I really like him, and he's a little bit outside those guys' timeline. Now, can but... you play both of them together? If you if you draft Evan Mobley, how effective can Mobley and Christian Wood be on the floor together? Yeah, I think there's a scenario where it could work, and you know, when the whole league goes small, you know, we could say we go big, and it might really work. Like sometimes when they zig you zag stuff like that works right yeah. because evan mobley could guard guards they could be versatile on they could be versatile enough on defense and then really punish you on offense so that could work as well so you know the answer to all of this is that i would take scotty barnes but i think they're going to take evan mobley at number two yeah i think personally i'm just enamored by the thought of kevin porter jr and jalen green on the same team i just think yeah, that's super, interesting that's interesting super athletes who are shot makers um Similar, yeah. and, and again, not to compare it because these guys are more established, but almost like what Boston is doing with, with Brown and Tatum, where you have these interchangeable wings. And my only concern with Evan Mobley, I think he's super athletic. I just don't know if he has the demeanor yet. You know, I watched a little bit of him last year, and he's a little passive. Granted, he's very young. He's going to fill out a little bit more. He's going to put a little more weight on him. But if you're drafting a guy to be, you know, at this high, you're expecting them to kind of be the face and kind of be productive right away. So there's, there's that also added pressure of that. I mentioned that on my last podcast. I don't know if it's my last podcast because I dropped one today. But on a podcast about the draft with Adam Stanko, um, yeah, I talked about that. Nobody's talking about Evan's weaknesses. And 
we're all talking to everybody's trying to find weaknesses for Cade and why he's not the number one pick. But that's one thing I did see. I mean, there sometimes seems to be, you know, a lack of aggression, maybe a little bit of a lack of a motor. But there's so many things he does great. And when I think of Evan Mobley, Evan Mobley, I think of fluidity. He's such a fluid athlete for his size that I think he'll be good. But you're right. We could consider that a weakness for him, maybe motor and aggression and demeanor and body language. Who do you think what? has the better career, uh, Mobley or, or, or Suggs? Mobley, I would say. And, uh, I would, what, I would about, say what about Cade? With who's which which two? Mobley or Cade? Who you think has has? I, I yeah, I think Cade will have. I think Cade will be the better NBA player. I mean, I just have Cade best available in the draft. You know. What about what about Cleveland at number three? You know, we're hearing the talk that they're probably shopping Sexton. Obviously, they've got, they've got Garland there as well. Um, they've got a lot of and they got a lot of things they need to figure out and a lot of questions they need to be answered there. What do they do at number three? Well, so we're going with what I think the GMs will do. So we yes. have Kate at one. We have uh, Mobley at two. You got to go best available here and go with your guy, Green. Um, and it doesn't matter about position. You know, you're a rebuilding team here. Even though I, I was more about fit for the last pick, with this pick, you just go with best available and you go with Jalen Green. Really high upside. Uh, he just has a chance to be a superstar in this league. And you don't worry about who's on your team at that point. You know, because I think at that point, best available is quite obvious. And I mean, if if, if let's just say if 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 Green is the best player available, it still fits for them because they're more than likely going to lock up uh, Jared exactly. Allen to a long term deal. So you got your big man, I and they're probably going to deal Sexton. Yeah, I think. They, yeah, yeah I, I don't know if they trade Sexton or not. I know that they've been talking about it. But if you don't, you got your point guard, you got your your, your wing, and you got your big, and then you know you kind of build from there. Yeah, they're probably going to flip Kevin Love this offseason as well. Flip him or... or uh, yeah, or I mean, yeah. That's going to be interesting, right? <laughs> yeah, yeah, we, we got to see That's how that plays out. Number four with Toronto. What do you see them doing there? Um, they still got some pieces from that championship winning team. They had a down year this year, and I think it, it was the exception because, remember, they played all their home games down in Florida. Um, it's a high pick for them. Do, do you see them holding on to the pick? Do you see them possibly trading the pick what do you think toronto does that for yeah i think suds makes sense there um i think kyle will eventually be out and it's just going to be a great fit i think he fits the franchise's personality and culture really well and you know a football player who's a really good athlete you know um has that aggression he's not the athlete that jalen green is He's not the athlete that Jalen Green is, but he's a really good. He's going to be a really good NBA athlete, and I think you go with Suggs here. He, he's polished too. I think he's polished. I think he's going to be a good NBA player. I think a good comparison for him, an NBA comp, could be Drew Holiday. You know, I like that comp for him. Question: I like, I like Suggs a lot. I, yeah, I, I notice you know time to time the there's not a, a player from the championship team in the top three. I notice that happens. That happens a lot. So why don't why why is Davian Mitchell not a top three pick? Or um, I was I, I trying to play from what's that the kid? Oh, with, with Mitchell, I mean, and Davion Mitchell top three. Yeah, I was about to say with, with Mitchell, he doesn't compare to these guys we talk about. And then also, the NBA is big on upside. Davion Mitchell is twenty two, so. I think, and I like him, but I think what you see is what you're going to get. I don't know if there's much more ceiling there with him. Or yeah, I mean, I, I, 
it, it's a great story. I love what he did in the tournament, winning the championship, but I don't even know if I would take Mitchell in the lottery, to be honest. That's what um, I'm, that's what I'm, that's, that's my point. I'm like, I noticed that a yeah. lot of times we don't see guys from the championship team necessarily in no, in those, in those top picks. Yeah. Yeah. It's, um, you know, it's, it's how your game will translate. It's what kind of potential you have. It's your skill set. It's a lot that go into it. We're more, we're more trying to see how a player's game would translate to the next level than even their accomplishments. Sometimes when accomplishments do matter, you know they do matter for sure. Yeah, and it varies from draft to draft because we we have seen it at times. You know when Emeka Okafor came out a UConn, he was a top five pick. You know they had come off a national championship, so it it, it varies from time to time. And Combo, I wanted to get your thoughts on this because watching uh, Jalen Suggs, like I said, I like him. I like his game. I know he's not super athletic, but he reminds me a lot of Darren Williams when Darren Williams came out of Illinois. Do, do you feel that the, the comparison is there in terms of game and, and flow and how he controls the offense? Because that, that's who I see when I see him play. Well, Darren Williams – and I do think Jalen Suggs is actually a really good athlete. I, you know, yeah, mm-hmm. I, I, do, I, think, I do think Jalen Suggs is a good athlete. But Darren Williams was bigger – Darren Williams was a better shot maker and he was probably a real point guard when I don't know if Suggs is a real point guard, you know? So I think that's some of the differences. If he gets to Darren Williams level, man, that's a great pick at number four, you know, Darren Williams in his peak. So, uh, yeah, I think Darren Williams, well, obviously, you know, he fell off eventually, but, Dar- Darren, I, don't know I mean, if, that was like, yeah, Darren Williams already was in the yeah. league like 10 years before he started. Yeah, yeah. like I don't, I don't, I don't, I'm not sure if Jalen Suggs will ever reach Darren Williams' peak, but you know, like I don't think Drew Holiday was at as great as Drew Holiday is. I don't think he was even at Darren Williams' peak, right? So I think kind of we could look at like Drew Holiday as, as a good peak or as a good, like, best case scenario for Suggs. What about Orlando at number five? They completely rebuild and they traded Vucevic last year. What, what do they do at five? They, they're always in love with these tweener big men, right? The Mo Bambas, the Jonathan Isaacs. <laughs> yeah, they've, they've had tough, they, have, they had a tough time in the draft. I mean, if it's me, I'm going with Scotty Barnes as, from what we're going with so far. But I think they'll take Jonathan Kaminga because, as you said, they're in a total rebuild. And, um, you know, that's who I think they will go with. That's not who I would probably take, even though – Kaminga has a lot of potential. He has an NBA frame. He's really athletic. His shot looks good, even though his percentages aren't great at times. So I do think they'll go with Jonathan Kaminga here. Uh, high potential. Very young, very young, very high potential. I mean, it would only make sense. Like I said, you, you throw him in the collection with Mo Bamba and, and uh, Jonathan Isaac. <laughs> yeah, so. that, that's the, if you're looking at it in a pessimistic way, then yeah, you're right. You are correct. <laughs> I guess I am then. Um, Oklahoma City at number six. What do they do? Well, now, well, now, so they got to get Shea Gillis another player there. You got to go with Scotty Barnes at this point, right? If we're going with our draft, so yeah, Scotty Barnes, best available. He's an NBA ready defender. He's one of the best passers in the draft, and the swing skills of shooting. If he be, if he becomes a good shooter, an average to good three point shooter, he's an all star in this league. So I go with Scotty Barnes right there, and I'm really high on Scotty. I think he's going to be a great NBA player. Golden State at seven. Before you tell me if they going who they pick, do you think they keep the pick or do you think they they traded away? Because obviously they seem to be in a, in a mode of trying to compete right now. 
they traded away, but let's have fun and okay. you know, act like they're act right. like they're. Uh, who, who are they taking here? <laughs> they're going to draft here, and there's a chance they can. So, uh, I want this to come through. I want all of these picks to come true. So hopefully, you know, we can, I can't be totally correct if they do trade it right because we're drafting here. So hopefully they do, and we could uh, we could look back at this and everything will be right on the money. But I think they will go with Book Night here, um, New York City kid. New York City mentality, a great ISO score. I think the shooting is a little bit better than we thought. I think he's more athletic than a lot of NBA teams think after they saw that pro day. So, yeah, I'm going with Book Knight here, New York City kid. And, uh, yeah, I think he's the best available player at this point. I really like his game, and I think he's going to be a dynamic ISO score in the NBA. I like Book Knight a lot as well. I, I would be interested to see how it would work there, especially with Clay coming back. But I like Book Knight. Question Eight with, with Orlando. Oh, I'm sorry. Go ahead, Trip. No, you know what? Go ahead, go ahead get her. Because I'm, I'm once you finish, I'm going to ask. Because there's three guys I want to ask Combo about. All right. Number eight, Orlando's on the board again. Who would you have them taking here? They've already got their collection between the big men, Combo. They, they got their, they got their well, we three-headed go, monster. We could, go, we could go with – I don't think this guy would be considered a big man, even though he's tall. Um, and he's a safer pick than Kaminga. He doesn't have the upside of Kaminga, but he could be a really good NBA player. Franz Wagner, an NBA-ready defender. I think he could put up some numbers right away. So you swing with the fences with the first pick with Kaminga, and then you take the second pick. You take a safer pick for your second draft pick. So I'll go with Franz Wagner here. Mm, okay. Or, or I think they would. I think they will go with Franz Wagner as the middle way to put it. Trip, Dad, you said you had a question there. Yeah. So all right. So. Three guys uh, combo: Trey Man, Zaire Williams, and Josh Giddy. What about him? Uh, what do you what do you what are your thoughts on them? Zaire had a lot of hype and potential going into college. He really disappointed this year. He's one of those guys. It's going to be high variance with him. He could become really good, or it's not really a safe pick. He could, you know, if he plays like he did in college. He could struggle in the NBA. So, but he definitely has the tools. But he that, was projected you know, before, before. Yeah, exactly. He, he just struggled like this year. And, you know, he, and, and it was a tough season for everybody. And I heard he, he dealt with some like really tough personal issues. So maybe that had something to do with it. Um. So, yeah, he's kind of like a hit or miss type prospect, like swing for the fences type prospect. Uh, Trey Mann is a scorer, a uh, dynamic scorer. He's a bucket getter. Uh, you know, the Knicks might draft him, I think, but I would probably take Bones Highland before him, even though he's a bucket getter as well. And Josh Giddy, great feel for the game. Uh, defense could be an issue with him. Great passer, great playmaker, great size for his position. His shot's a little bit slow from the outside, but he could work on that. The shooting is an NBA skill that you could get better at, but just great feel, great passer, and just a big playmaker that I think will be good at this level. And if you get him like in the early teens, I think it could be a steal. And um, yeah, that's what I think. I think with Zaya, just because again, you know, everything with this past season, I think that him going later in the draft will probably work it out in his favor because he'll probably get to a, a playoff team um, where he'll be able to, to, to learn a lot, a lot faster. And, um, and with Giddy, I think there's a, I think there's a big upside for that kid. I think that depending on where he lands, he could actually be really good. Trey's going to go a little bit early, I believe, in the draft. I think I do think um, he's one of the, the guys that the Knicks look at unless they wind up trading uh, the the picks that they have. 
to, to try to move up. But I think he's probably someone that's on their radar. Um, I think the Knicks are probably looking at Bones Highland, Trey Mann, or Sharif Cooper with those picks. Um, Sacramento at number nine. They've got some questions as well. Uh, they took your man Halliburton last year. He he slipped to them. It was a great pick for them. What do they do now moving forward? I think they go with the safe pick here, Moses Moody. Uh, three and D potential. I mean, I actually not even potential. I think he's a three and D guy in the NBA. And then the potential is he could be like a secondary creator as well. We see some flashes of that. So I think it's the safe pick, Moses Moody. I might go in a different direction, but I think that's where Sacramento would go. And I like Moses Moody. Um, it's, I think he's another one of those uh, underrated defensive guys as well. Yeah, yeah. He definitely, he'll be a 3 and D guy. He's kind of like, not the same player as Sadiq Bey, but just you kind of knew Sadiq Bey was going to be a good 3 and D guy coming into the league. I think it's the same thing with Moses Moody, even though they're, they're slightly different players. That's a solid pick because they're probably moving on from Harrison Barnes. So that's solid. Yeah. They, they need to fill yeah. that type of role as well. Uh, New Orleans at 10. I think this is a no brainer. I think this is a no brainer. Um, You have to keep Zion happy. You have to keep B.I. happy. And how do you make them happy? With shooting around them, plus shooting. So I take Corey Kispert here. Um, I think he's going to be an NBA shooter. I think there's a chance he could be a plus defender as well. And I think he's a great fit there. And, you know, he was very successful at the college level. And I think he'll have a successful NBA career as well. And I think it's a good fit right there for New Orleans. Okay, fair enough. You heard it there first from Combo. Now, Combo, I know you're big on Scotty Barnes. Where do you think is the best fit for Scotty, though? Yeah, I like him in Houston. You know, I want to see him, KPJ, and um, Christian Wood, you know, play together. I think him and K, like KPJ is not a pure point guard, but he could initiate offense, right? And they could, bo- they could both initiate offense together. Mm-hmm. And then KPJ could play off the ball as well. And I think he's a really nice fit with um, Christian Wood because Christian Wood is such a great lob target, a pick-and-pop target, and Scotty Barnes is one of the best passers in this draft. And we know what he'll bring to you on the defensive end. He's going to be an NBA-ready defender. So I think the best fit for him is Houston at number two. Who's your sleeper in this draft? Who's the guy that you think is going to probably fall out of the lottery that is going to be a very good player, an immediate impact player? Well, my sleeper from the beginning been Bones Highland, but he's not that much of a sleeper anymore from what he did in Combine. I remember when I – I remember I saw some mock drafts where he wasn't even on the board, like first or second round from what I remember. And what happened, he declared for the draft. He just had a – he had a Combine game that was crazy. He went off. Uh, he even showed he had some playmaking skills, and the guy's just a hooper, and he, he's climbing up the boards. So he's really no longer a sleeper anymore, but I'll stick with Bones Highland as my sleeper guy. He was no, a sleeper. We, he was a sleeper, so we give you he, that. No, you know, he, he, Combo's right, though, because the last time we got together, that was a name that you had mentioned to me. And when yeah. I looked him up to just get familiar with his game, at that time he was projected as a mid-second rounder. I remember, I remember we were talking about yeah. it. So as you said, now now he's starting to catch everyone's attention. And, um, and it's interesting. It's the same thing happened with Scotty Barnes because people are talking about Scotty Barnes' top five right now. And which I think is, is, you know, I think he is a top five prospect, but before he wasn't in that top five, you know, when I kind of thought he was that level of prospect, he kind of climbed up the boards as well a little bit. Who's, who's going to be the second round pick that surprises everybody this season? Who's going to be the, the Draymond, the Jokic, or even the quickly from last season? Who Who's going to be that guy to surprise 
a lot of people that's going to be drafted in the second round, mid to late. Yeah, I don't, I, I don't think this guy. There's a good chance this guy won't be Draymond or Jokic, but I really like Sandro from Seton Hall. Okay, he he's he he's like a six eleven playmaker. Um, he he's going to have to figure out some things at the NBA level on defense, which is great feel for the game. An NBA athlete. 6'11", that could initiate offense and a really nice passer. And I, I think I would definitely want to take him in the second round. And I think he could be a really good NBA player, a really interesting player. Yeah. I mean, do you, on draft night, do you think we're going to see a lot of trades? Because there are plenty of teams who have multiple first-round picks. you got a lot of teams who don't have a pick at all. Do you think it's going to be a very active night for trades? Yeah, I do. Because, you know, Golden State is going to be in the mix. You know, who knows? Maybe the Knicks could be in the mix. You know, the, the New York Knicks could be in the mix. So, yeah, I do think it'll – I think we'll see activity in terms of trades. But hopefully, you know, we don't see any activity so we can look back at this top ten and see if my predictions about what these GMs would do is uh, correct. Because it messes yes. everything up, man, if, if Golden State packages, you know, these trades together. Well, Whoa. they might, though, because, you know, Wiseman didn't necessarily work out. I know he got hurt. But he didn't work out the way the way I, I I know they were hoping that he did. So maybe this year they might be like, you know what, let's bring in somebody that we know is a lot. Yeah. Yeah, no, there's a good chance they'll move off of Wiseman, you know. So yeah, and I think there'll be interest from other teams because it was only his rookie season and he didn't even play a lot. So we gotta see what you know the guy could do. We gotta see what the guy could do. And I think he'll develop. Well, one last question on the draft. Um, we, we got together last year. Remember, I was high on LaMelo. LaMelo ended up winning rookie of the year. I know you're very right. high on Cade right now. If Charlotte yeah. said, I'm willing to trade you LaMelo and the number 11 pick for the number one to take Cade Cunningham, would Detroit say yes or no to that? What is what is with LaMelo? LaMelo and the 11th pick to Detroit for that number one pick to be able to take Cade Cunningham. Who no. says no? Detroit says no. I don't even think Charlotte would even offer that just because I'm, I feel like yeah, exactly. is, 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 is he just wants to I'm see saying it. no no I'm saying hypothetically he, I'm just trying to get trying a gauge for he, Yeah, he's trying to gauge how much value they think that Kate, Kate will bring has. to the NBA level. Yeah, yeah, Kate has, yeah. No, I don't think that I'm not that. saying Charlotte. Yeah, I'm not saying Charlotte would even offer it. No, no, nah, nah, yeah, again, that, I mean, it doesn't it does I don't think yeah, I don't think either side would do it. But if you said Devontae Graham, maybe they try to flip Devontae Graham in that pick. I don't think Devontae Graham ain't giving you a lottery. No, no, K- K- I don't think K- they would take K- it either. But that's what they would try to, you know. K- Cade has too much outside, and he has a high floor as well. So I don't think they'd do that. Hey, there you have it. Before we go to combo, plug the show, man. Everybody needs to be tuning in to Combo's court. Combo be having some of the best guests over there, some of the most insightful basketball talk. So Combo, go ahead, plug the show, man. Well, I appreciate that, Eric. You know, Combo's court. You could catch it on Spotify, Apple Podcasts, iHeartRadio. Um, you know, you can follow me on Instagram at once to combo on E-T-W-O-C-O-M-B-O, combos court on Twitter, C-O-M-B-O-S-C-O-U-R-T. And it's always fun talking basketball with you guys, man. You know, I think we have great conversations and I really appreciate you having me back on the show, guys. Thanks. You got the, the uh, was it the Dino uh, Rajan? If I'm actually looking forward yeah, to tune uh, in, man. To, to that checking was great. That, that was out. great. Yeah, I got I got to check it out. The, I just saw it on my the first, the first, the first. Basketball Hall of Famer on Combo's Court. It was it was a great conversation with Dino. Uh, yeah, check it out, man. Check it out. Combo's Court podcast. No, I'm definitely looking forward to it because I usually like so how my my Apple uh, uh, podcast is set up. 
I get every time the Sanchez show, real fizz, real talk, uh, shooting the shit at uh, Combo's Court. The new episode just popping, so once they pop in, right, I'm gonna click. I'm gonna listen. Well, except for real fizz, real talk, because I'm already I already know it was said on the show. <laughs> I listen back. Well, sometimes to it. you know, sometimes I just listen to Combo's Court on the road. You know yeah. what I mean? I listen. No, to I, I, yeah, I do. I, I do. I do. <laughs> yeah. Definitely. You trip. You want to plug the sponsors, man? Oh yeah, yeah. We got it. We got to do that. Uh, shout out to Petro Home Services. Uh, shout out to the Rosado Firm. Shout out to Soundview Liquors. Shout out to Kmart. Of course, we appreciate you guys. Um, we we will definitely be back for the fifth uh, anniversary of the Real Fans Real Talk 2K tournament. We will be back at the Barclays Center uh, next season for that. So you guys got to stay tuned in. Um, if you are not in the New York City area on Thursday nights, do not worry. If you miss us on Verizon 43, you can watch us from anywhere in the world. Just go to realfansrealtalk.com. Click that red button on the homepage and you can watch from anywhere. Um, make sure you follow us on all our social media, Twitter, Instagram, at RealFanTalk, Facebook.com forward slash RealFansRealTalk, and subscribe to that YouTube channel, YouTube. Uh, dot com forward slash for the fans productions. That's how you're gonna stay in touch with us and and, and stay in and know what everything that that we have uh, going on for the rest of the summer and you know for the rest of the year. Well, there you have it, man. Combo, we thank you again. We're gonna do this again real soon, man. Uh, for combo, for combo's court, I should say. For my man Trip Young, for myself, Eric Sanchez. We out of here. Peace. Later. This is Dion Grant from the New York Giants Super Bowl champ, and you're watching Real Fans Real Talk. There it is, another episode of Combos Court. Big shouts to Eric Sanchez and Anthony Jones for having me back on their platforms. Greatly appreciated. And thank you to everyone who listens to Combos Court Podcast across the globe. Don't forget to rate, review, and punch down on that subscribe button. If you're listening on the Apple Podcast app, leave a five-star rating and a friendly comment. Also, man, share this episode. Share with a friend. Share it on social media. Share it on your IG stories and tag me at 1-2-Combo on Instagram. That's O-N-E-T-W-O-C-O-M-B-O. A great way to support Combos Court is to join in as a Combos Court Patreon member. I'll leave a link in the description for that. Be on the lookout for episode 279. Combo out.